Welcome to issue 158 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, aka Scarlet Rhodey, and here with us uh, is Mike. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? Welcome back. I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, good. We also have Steve. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. You know, I'm excited that you are back because we realized that you only came on once in all of Volume 3 outside of the Villainous stuff. So oh, we're, wow. we're already doing just as good in Volume 4 as we did in Volume 3. So <laughs> can only really go up from here. Go really. up from here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have Daniel. Chris, welcome back to the lair. What a delight to have you. Why, thank you. Good things always happen when you show up. <laughs> well, I try. <laughs> so and you, some good you came with a sixth of Thor's brew, so thanks, man. That's oh, good. you're welcome. Anytime. Yeah, I'm Mike, not touching that Mike's stuff birthday, again. Mike's birthday took most of that away. <laughs> well, you got to replenish it. You know, it's yeah, good stuff. Thanks. Stuff's hard to find. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Mike. I got a question for you. You do? I do, because no one else asked it, so I'm going to. Oh. What's on your mind tonight? Maka. Maka's on my mind. Is he? Yes, because Maka asked an incredible question. He said, hey, I got a question for the villains. Which would you rather your minions have? Option A, ways to improve their chances of getting an activation. So like quick strike, tough, higher hit, hit points, etc. Or when defeated effects, because you know they won't last long. I think it's such a fun question. Because mm. we often complain about our minions needing a little something-something. So if we had our druthers, what would we choose? Yeah, this is a good question. Yep. And I am perfectly prepared to answer it with this or that, and I say yes. So, yep. Yeah. Well, I, I want them to have both. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, that, that, I do too. Unbalanced. I, I do too, but I had a way around it, Steve, which was okay. if, if a minion has more than seven hit points, they get, they get quick strike and things like that. Okay. And if they're little nerds, they get one defeated effects. Oh. I was trying trying to give it a thought about like which way would they actually get more activations? Quick strike's great unless you're not in hero form. Mm. When defeated effects can kind of be ignored if you don't defeat the minion and you just suck up some attacks, which is its own benefit. So I, I was having a hard time deciding. So that was always the thing with Modok, right? It's at a certain point you just you just don't fight Modok anymore because there's no point. So I feel like the when defeated mm. effects would be good as long as that minion has something else going for it. Like guard. Or hazard. Troll. Yeah, yeah Troll. I suppose you could have, you could have guard. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, Mo, the, I thought the problem with Modok was he had very high hit points with a retaliate and the other cards in his set just bring him back into play. So you go to all the effort to destroy him and he returns. So that's right. like the that's the beauty of Modok, right? He You kill him and he comes back. So um, I th- I think a when defeated effect can be can be pretty strong, like you said, if there's something else on it. Mm-hmm. A driver. Oh yeah, got to be a driver. Yeah, I think when I think about when defeated, they if they are really bad or annoying, and like sometimes you just might leave that leave that minion out for a minute. But like if they ever beefed one up, like 
give it like two, you know, attackers uh, scheme. And then maybe the win defeated is not like the worst thing, but definitely something that will like kind of just annoy you. It's a real like risk reward situation, which would be interesting. Right. Just enough so that they, they're not sure if they want to do it or not. Yeah, exactly. Like it, that sweet spot. Cause I yeah. think, you know, yeah, a lot of them are, you know, one attack. And so you can leave them out for a while. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If you can double up with a, while it's in play, it's bad for you. But if you defeat it, it's bad for you. Right. Exactly. I don't know, but things like quick strike and tough and high hit points are also mm-hmm. really nice. High hit points with a high attacking minion where it takes a while to get through them. Uh, or simply, simply when revealed, <laughs> it does a thing. Then it doesn't matter because it's already hit. Oh, I like third option. Yeah. 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 All right. You guys ready for a little impromptu trivia? I'm going to be doing this to you all night. <laughs> awesome. Revenge, 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 revenge. This is, this is revenge, revenge, revenge. Guys, how many minions do you think even have a when defeated effect? We're going to start with you, Chris. Oh, I, well, I was going to ask a clarifying question. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about actual total number of minions or by name? I'm going to say total number, but I get your question. Although your question really only has to do with the... I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys this. There are three different Hydra soldiers. All right. So, but everyone else is, is all a single. Okay. Is a single. Oh, okay. Um, right. Or there might be multiple copies of them, but they only come from one place. Got it. I think I'm going to go with something like seven. Okay, great. Steve? Well, I forgot. I had forgotten about that Hydra minion. So the first one that comes in my mind. I, I, it's been a while. And so I, that was already pretty high. I don't know. Uh, I can't think of any of names of any of them other than that one. Can't remember. Is it just called Hydra Soldiers? Three? Five, I don't know. Five? Okay. I'll go low. How about, you? How about you, Mike? Oh, man. I was going to go six, but then one said five and one said seven. Are we playing prices right rules? Yeah, you can't go over. Oh, I can't go. Okay, I mean, I'm going six then. Chris, what did you say? Seven? Yeah. You actually win. <gasps> what? Yeah. Guys, there's ten. Oh, wow. I. Who are they? I said seven because I didn't think there was going to be ten. Ten by name. They're pretty good. If they're if they're no if they're nobodies, right? Like kind of like randos. They often have guard. Like all the Hydra soldiers have guard, right? Or they somehow help their villain very specifically with like an environment card. Um, so we've got the Black Order Infantry. Now, Steve, we're going to test everyone's knowledge of cards. Oh, great. Steve, we're going to start with you. What is the when defeated effect of the Black Order Infantry? Uh, take damage or damage the tower. That is wrong. Mike, oh. to speedify this game, I'm going to say the name of the minion, and you guys are going to buzz in if you know the when defeated effect. Ready? Okay. But Steve, you can't buzz in on this one. Black Order Infantry. Um, buzz, buzz. Go ahead. Is it uh, add threat to main scheme? That is so wrong. Chris? <laughs> I pass? Give the villain a tough status card. You guys even play this game? I mean, I would not wow. have guessed that one. Not a while. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Calvin Zabo. What, is, what happens when he's defeated? Oh, buzz, buzz. Oh, go get buzz. Mr. Hyde. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> go get the other one. Go get Mr. Hyde. Very good. And do what? Put him in a play. Give him a tough token. Put him in a like play that. with who? Uh, with the first player. Wrong. 
Oh, no, with the, the player he's player. engaged with. The player, yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever. All right, next we have the Goblin Soldier. What does he do? Uh, he deals you damage. Beep, beep, beep. Yep, very nice. Then we have Griffin. What happens when he's defeated? Stun someone. Great guess. Wrong. No, that's when he attacks Ooh, you. Wrong. Nope, that's the mandrel. <laughs> oh. Has to do with stun, though, right? That whole set's like about yes, stunning. Yes. His one defeat is if there is a stunned friendly character in play, shuffle Griffin into the encounter deck. Ah, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. This is cool. Uh, what do the Hydra soldiers do to you? Uh, if you cut off one head, two will take its place. So you just replace them with an encounter card. Correct, sir. Yeah, okay. Then we have Madame Mask. Does she kick off Hood's thing? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah she does. Call. Yeah. Resolve yeah. the Hood's follow playability. Next, we have Sand Clone. Oh, uh, trigger shifting sands. Correct. I mean, I technically buzzed in. I shouted louder. (laughs) (laughs) This is America. That's how it works. This is how Steve wins these things, Mike. I see. Someone else starts it for him, and then he just, yeah. Shifting apparition. I'm going to say he um, uh, he lets shifting shifting sands go. No, no, no. He if you defeat him with too much damage, he goes into your deck. Correct. No, I was on the previous one. I buzzed in. Oh, too late. Steve was right. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Spot. I don't think I've ever seen Spot. Where is he from? What? Oh, Spot is... uh... Sinister Six. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Spot. I don't know Spot either. Oh, oh. He's the anti-shifting apparition. I know this one. You you have to defeat him with excess damage, or else he gets shuffled back in the deck. Correct. And finally, Chris, this is only for you. Poop. What happens when you defeat the sleeper? Oh, you remove him from the game. Correct. And the side scheme. <laughs> right? It, it doesn't say that. Just, you take oh. him out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think the side scheme has like victory points or something on it. Anyways. Oh, yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, there's not a lot of one defeated effects in this game. So now my answer really wants those because we need more of them. I like yeah. that effect. A lot of side schemes have it. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. Huh. But again, like guard guard minions and crisis things on sides, I think those have to have when defeated effects. Or not have to, but it's fun when they do. Yeah. Well, that was a great question from Maka. Thanks so much. Thanks, Maka. And oh, he yeah. knows that we love Quick Strike. We're, yeah. We yeah. all love Quick Strike. Especially those minions, like when they hit you, they do something else. You know, like if, this, if you take damage from so-and-so... You're stunned or whatever. That's great. But Steve, there's other things to talk about tonight. And we've got a guest in the lair. So what's happening? Well, Chris is here because we are going to do a Shadow of the Past. And we're going to talk about Ironheart's nemesis, um, Lucia von Bardas. Is that right? How do you say it, Mike? Lucia. What about you, Daniel? Lucia. And Chris, what's the correct way? Uh, I don't know the correct way, but I say Lucia. (laughs) All right. Well. Pick your pick, folks. Um, but we all say Von Badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I'm excited to uh, talk about uh, Lucia Von Bardis, a.k.a. Von Badass. Uh, <laughs> Ironheart's nemesis. Um, and I will get to why she's Ironheart's nemesis a little bit later. She's not actually in a lot of comics. Um, I would say probably like around 20, a little less than 20. And she first appeared in 2004. 
So she is going to soon have her 20th anniversary next year in a miniseries called Secret War. And that miniseries, nobody really talks about that much, I feel. But it is written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, so kind of in this like era when he was writing New Avengers, House of M, really doing a lot of stuff at Marvel. And the whole story starts off with Nick Fury Sr., like the David, Hass- the David Hasselhoff version. <laughs> I haven't heard him referred to like that. I love it. Okay. Yeah, it makes so like, much sense. That version, you know, this Loud is that ever. Okay. Yeah. You know, a little toxic masculinity, all that good stuff. Uh, that Nick Fury. <laughs> he is running S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so this is a very, like, sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. story. And he kind of has all of his S.H.I.E.L.D. agents looking into tech-powered supervillains. And I have to say, uh, some of it's kind of cringe. <laughs> so in the first issue, there's two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who, you know, if you watch the MCU, you know who they are. Jimmy Woo uh, and, Jap- and Jasper Sitwell. And they're kind of both playing bad cop to this, like, poor little, like, supervillain. Um, I think his name is, like, Killer Shrike or something. And kind of, like, gleefully being the bad cop. Like, when he was like, I want a lawyer, and they just laugh at him. Uh, it was kind of, ugh. But they find out that, obviously, these teched-up supervillains cannot really afford the tech that they have. Because they're, like, robbing banks, and everything that they're using is, like going to spend millions so through all of this they kind of track them through like the tinkerer and then to who's actually fronting this money right and nick fury realizes that it's von badass herself and brings this information to the president uh who's like w at the time and his national security uh council only to be told to leave it alone uh because uh lucia is the elected prime minister of latveria Latvira, uh, Latveria is the home of Dr. Doom, as many people know who he is. And this is during one of those times where Dr. Doom has kind of been dispo- deposed and he's no longer running the country. And so the Americans, along with presumably um, other allies, sort of propped up a, pop- a puppet government um, in Latveria, and they had chosen to prop up Lucia von Bardis as the prime minister. And so in this Issue number one is technically her first uh, appearance, but it's really just her on a TV screen um, as like Nick is kind of explaining stuff. And as I'll get to soon, she kind of becomes a cyborg. And this is like the one time in all of these comics that she's ever drawn like a normal person. So Nick decides to go off off book and do his own thing um, and creates a little team. um, And he recruits Captain America Luke Cage, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Wolverine, who has a lot of cringy moments with a flight attendant on a plane. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, always oh, oh, bad. I'm seeing a theme in your story here, Chris. <laughs> oh, this is real. Rereading some, you know, comics of this era. It's, it's a trip, y'all. Black Widow, and then Quake, Daisy Johnson, which, incidentally, this series is also her first appearance in the Marvel comics. Um, and back then, she's clearly drawn like Angelina Jolie. Like, they literally traced her face into these comics. It is kind of weird. And so, what does this team Nick puts together want to go do? Why, they're going to go overthrow a government, as all heroes oh, do. Oh, the heroes. 
Yeah, the good old the good old heroes. The heroes. So they go, they overthrow the Latvian government, and you learn essentially Quake with her earthquake-based powers puts down like a whole building and you know you think Lucy is dead. However, one year later, on the anniversary of this, the superheroes who were part of this team start getting attacked by tech-based supervillains, and they don't actually know why this is happening uh, at all. And you find out that Lucia has survived. She's kind of become a cyborg at this point. So whoever put her back together, we actually never learn this. She's a little cybernetic, and she attacks them and then starts to use all of these tech-based henchmen, essentially, as batteries to form a large bomb with her goal of destroying a chunk of Manhattan. Just a um, chunk? Well, I think, like, a pretty good chunk of Manhattan. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know. Like, Midtown? Gotta start somewhere. I mean, you don't blow up all of New York. I think so, yeah. It, I, it's like, you know, wherever Mount Sinai Hospital is, because that's mm. name check. But at the very last minute, Quake shows up. She kind of was not part of, like, the bigger battle. because. One of the henchmen had put Luke Cage into a coma. Um, and so this is the hospital Luke's at, and they're trying to move him. And, you know, Quake shows up and does a very targeted strike to Lucia using her vibration earthquakey powers and take her out. And it kind of takes out the bomb, almost in a way diffusing it. But during this, everybody gets to learn that Nick Fury messed with everyone's memories. And that team of heroes sent to overthrow the government doesn't remember that they ever went in, on this trip because Nick Fury made sure that they all forgot it. And at the end of the story is basically Nick Fury leaving Shields and going into hiding. Oh, you know, yeah, they're t- you know heroes doing hero stuff, um, which is not heroic okay. at all. I've seen references to that, to, but they never actually said what the memories were that he had erased. So, oh yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's so thematic for our game that Quake takes out Von Badass because, like, right? Von Badass well, was yeah. screaming. So Quake must have just exhausted and dealt her two damage to finish her off. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, oh. I think that's exactly what happened. I love it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, she, so this was back in 2004, and the next time Von Badass is in a comic book, um, is in 2012's Winter Soldier, written by Ed Brubaker. Which spoilers: the only time she's not written by Michael uh, by Brian Michael Bendis. And in that story, um, one she looks completely different. She's like still a cyborg, but like barely a cyborg. It's more like you know one robotic eye. You know, think like Seven of Nine type of Borg. Like not a whole lot of mechanics going on there. The Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky Barnes, along with Black Widow sort of are tracking down they learn somebody has bought the codes to wake up three sleeper russian soldiers who back in the day were trained by bucky and you find out that lucia is the one who bought these codes to wake these sleeper agents up and she uses one of them to frame dr doom who is now back in charge of latveria to frame him for like a sort of I think she was going for an explosion or something at the UN, uh, but that gets failed because it gets uh, thwarted by Bucky and Black Widow. But she also uses it 
um, to get a doom bot. <laughs> like she buys a doom bot. <laughs> it's a doom bot. A doom bot is one of Doctor Doom's basically like robots that look and act exactly like him. So yeah, you never actually know if you're blown. talking to the real Doctor Doom or not. Cute. Yeah. Similar to life model decoys that Shield has used. So and she uses this Doom bot one to help in the framing of Doom. And also the Doom bot somehow has all the codes and knows where Doom's secret stash of nuclear weapons are, because that's a thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he so, the smartest person alive or something? I, who? Doom? Doom? Isn't he supposed to, or maybe it's just his ego yeah. and he thinks he is. Yeah, it, <laughs> ego. Well, I mean, he probably has a lot of passwords he needs to save, and instead of putting a sticky note on his monitor, he programmed it into this it, Doom bot. Oh, he just him. asks the robot. Yeah. Yeah. What's my password to Facebook? And then the robot tells him and he logs in. I feel like that's a bad idea. It's not a bad, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Noted uh, before the uprising, the robotic uprising happens. Obviously, Lucy tries to create this whole like nuclear situation, and Bucky and Natasha end up taking her down with the help of Doom. Uh, because he's very angry that somebody was trying to frame him and use other things. And in a kind of like disturbing uh, panel, Doom literally rips the the machine parts from her face out. Ew. Yeah, right? And that's kind of it. It's like a five-issue little art, and most of it is her sort of in the background scheming a bit, trying to get back at Latveria and the West, because she blames America for basically a lot of things that have happened to her. And so the next time that she shows up, because at this point she's kind of, I think, you know, remanded to like shield custody and all of that is in 2016 in Invincible Iron Man. And this is the series that finally introduces Riri Williams Ironheart. And this is sort of why she's the nemesis for Ironheart. So at this point, Latveria is essentially decimated. Doom is off playing superhero. He's in his own like Iron Man suit at the time. It's weird because Tony Stark's dead-ish for the moment. Whoa, what? What? Yeah, you know. Say that 12 times. <laughs> Tony Stark was dead at the time. So... Man, your verb tense is in the past. I know. He came back. He got better. Uh, and so... <laughs> It was, you know, yeah. So at the time, Tony's dead. And so you have Ironheart and then um, Doom flying around um, in his book is called The Infamous Iron Man, kind of trying to be a hero now. It's weird. This is all after like Secret Wars reset a lot of stuff. Anyway, basically, Latveria is like a disaster place. Like, you know, there's no like schools running. There's no infrastructure. You know, warlords are kind of in charge. There's no centralized government anymore. So Lucia just comes back out of nowhere and to try to take control of Latveria. Um, this is usually one of her big goals is to take care, take over Latveria and have power again. And well, she's the rightfully elected leader. At, well, at one point she was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she kind of gets together what's left of sort of the military um, in Latveria or like some militias. As well as she finds a store of like Doom bots again, because I think literally Doom bots are just like, like you trip over them in Latveria, is my guess. Um, they're just everywhere. 
And but her goal is like less to you know build up infrastructure, open up schools, make sure that like the population is healthy and safe. Um, and it's more to attack the U.S. And her first strike is actually at a gala where she uses an actual person as a bomb uh, in order to get to Sharon Carter, who at the time was director of S.H.I.E.L.D., as we have a few versions of her in the game uh, at this point. Um, She fails, but Sharon's like, well, I can't really go in and overthrow a government. Um, As we know, Nick tried, and that was a bad idea. She implies to Ironheart, who just happened to show up to quote-unquote help the situation, that she should go handle it. You know, Ironheart, who's like 16. (laughs) Cool. So this director of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes tell the 16-year-old to go handle the cyborg in a foreign country. So she does. She She flies over there. They get into a whole fight and all of this. And Lucy says something to the effect of like, this is an act of war, blah, blah, blah. And Riri's like, okay, sure it is. And now I've beat you. So I think I'm in charge of the country. And the like main military guy, his like name's like the Green Bear or something. He's like, yeah, that actually is how it works. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the whole arc is Riri literally becomes the queen of Latveria for a couple issues. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She go back to Sharon Carter like, well, yeah, I did it. Yeah, oh yeah, Sharon shows up like after she's kind of taken over. Um, Shield comes in, and but Riri's like, they find her in like a tent, like feeding the people. <laughs> and her yeah. whole thing, she's got a whole like list of like to help infrastructure. She plans on bringing up back schools, you know, all the good stuff, which she does ha- do with the help of Shield. And Shield takes uh, Lucia into custody. I think the most ridiculous piece of this is the fact that. We're supposed to believe a 16-year-old did something an adult asked them to do. So. <laughs> and when they got ultimate power, used it responsibly. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, the I. You know, it's a story in the comic book that happened. <laughs> I just relate the story <laughs> to you. I just. You know, this is late. Hey. Pendus. Winning, becoming queen, all the rest of the time. That's totally fine. It's just the whole, like, this teenager listened <laughs> to an adult in, the, in authority. Like, no, I don't buy, I don't buy yeah. it. So, Well, but. yeah. I mean, it's very possible that Bendis, I think he has, like, a teenage daughter at this time. Maybe this is, like, a fantasy for him, you know, having a child that please, actually listens. Please, just do what I asked you to do. <laughs> That's my <laughs> house. <laughs> Look, I wrote you a role model. <laughs> Can you just Clean up my international disasters for me. I mean, it's yeah, a simple you, ask. You won't clean your room. You won't do the dishes, but go clean up Latveria. <laughs> yeah, like, come on now. It's just a war-torn country. Uh, and so we don't see her for, like, a little bit. Um, this is, like, kind of the shortest period of time w- between issues. But as Bendis was winding down his time at Marvel in Spider-Man, uh, which I think focused mostly on Miles. I really only read the two issues that she's in it. Um, and they're the last two issues. It's sort of Bendis's goodbye. But in that story, Lucia, who had gotten free from S.H.I.E.L.D. because in between these two stories, S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of fell. Um, that whole Secret Empire, Steve thing happened. Um, and so there's no more S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Um, and there still is no more shield in the comics. And so Lucia had hired Aaron Davis, which I think was a subject of a shadow of the past. Correct. In the yeah. past. The prowler, right? Yes. Yeah. Although he was like going by iron spider in this comic, which was kind of confusing. Oh, because he was like the alternate spider verse version of the Aaron Davis, possibly. Sure. Warrior version. But he's also alternate universe. Yeah. It was, it was the, like, the new 616 version, because, like, this is post-Secret Wars when, like, Miles is now in the main universe. Anyway. And so Aaron and this team of other, like, supervillains, his, like, sort of Sinister Six, uh, Sandman's there, and Bombshell's mom, who's a villain, like the champion Bombshell. They steal a shield helicarrier for Lucia, which, obviously, if she got a helicarrier, that's kind of, like, a lot of power and her ability to really take back Latveria would be um, pretty easy. And at the time, at this time, again, doom is gone and Latveria is a democracy, but she is not elected um, or in power. And so he does it. He steals the helicarrier, gets the helicarrier over to Latveria. And then all of a sudden you learn that the champions um, basically follow them. Cause by this point, miles is part of the champions along with, uh, Kamal Khan and Amadeus Cho, Braun and Vivision, um, including Ironheart um, at this time. And so they all show up and most of the like battle scenes, the panels and stuff, it's totally Lucia and um, Ironheart fighting each other uh, with Lucia tr- sort of being like, why, why are you always here? Get out of my hair. Yeah, but the, the kids kind of win. Um, the Avengers kind of show up to like, I think like kind of help them because miles sort of gets thrown off the helicarrier up you know he gets hurt i don't know and there's some mysterious illness that may have been from some other issues that i didn't read <laughs> and but yeah and that's kind of the last time anybody's seen her and so that was the last time those like bendis's last two issues writing miles which is another character that he did create so i feel like unless somebody else wants to bring her back into the comics it feels like most of the time it's just been bendis bringing her back because he created her (laughs) but i think she's kind of like an interesting sort of power player like if they give her a little bit more than just wanting to take over letveria or vengeance vengeance to the west sort of pathos but to have like maybe a true sort of rival to doom would be an interesting stories to take her there's a lot you could do with her I mean, yeah, just she's opened up. I mean, so much you've you could do a whole like large story arc with that. You could do one. Oh of yeah, those. I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, there's just like a lot there, and I feel like she's only been used sort of in the background. Like none of those story arcs is she. Right. She might be the mastermind technically, but it. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel very forefront. But would you would you say as a nemesis? For Riri, she makes sense? Um, in a sense, yes. And I think for where they were pulling her set from, because also at this time, you know, Riri has the the Tony Stark AI, um, right. which I know is like um one of her cards. And so in that sense, yes. Okay. And you know, I don't know the design timing. And it was probably, you know, maybe we didn't have the solo Ironheart books yet. Because there is in Eve Ewing, unrelated to L Ewing, 
her solo Ironheart books, there was probably some better choices, like one that, you know, I think he might be her dad sort of thing. Um, and like a little bit more personal. Like Lucy is not really a personal nemesis. Okay. Right. right. In that sense. She's just sort of like, I think kind of a bigger character at the time that she could be against. A convenient nemesis, if you will. Yeah, at least it feels like there's they interact and Yeah, they're in the same issue. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's they're in multiple issues together. It's almost like Riri's more of Lucia's nemesis than the other way around. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like she needs to get to come back. I mean Again, she's got so much, so much potential. You could do a lot with her. So uh, oh. I want to see her come back in the comics and yeah, make a name Big for herself. Fun badass. Yeah, every time you guys say that, I have to sub in Captain America saying language. language. Thanks, guys, for the edits. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Daniel's fault. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's too many times. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Chris, thank you so much. That was a great story. You're very welcome. I love just giving stories. Oh, yeah, I learned a ton. Oh, this is great. And she seems pretty interesting. I wonder if the cards support this story or, you know, like, do it credit. So, Steve, what do we do in these shows? I mean, we don't just, it's not just about storytelling. No, we're going to look at the cards. So, Ooh, the can iron... I read the obligation? Well, of course, no. that's what you do. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to look at the Ironheart Nemesis. It does come in the Sinister Motives wave in the Ironheart pack. We have one obligation, six Nemesis cards, four by title. Mm. And as is tradition, all the way back into the before times, Mike, please read us the obligation. This obligation is called a minor setback. I already don't like it. (laughs) Give to the Riri Williams player. Remove one progress counter from your identity. Then discard this card. If no progress counter was removed this way, deal yourself one face down encounter card and shuffle this card into the encounter deck. Two boost icons. Mike, I'm with you, but I want to hear why you hate it first. Well, minor. Yeah, it's it, in the title. And it really is. <laughs> yeah, like the the no progress counter one is worse than the removing one progress counter one. Okay. So having played a lot of Ironheart and currently playing her in our campaign, this card is really only bad when you have a perfectly timed flip coming in the next turn and that one counter gets removed and now you can't do it like you can't upgrade you're like oh if i do this and this and this i'll be at six and then i can upgrade and then this hits you for the one and you lose it and it gets shuffled back in right so it'll come up again but if it doesn't do that or if it shows up later when you're already in version three yeah it's no big deal at all right so if it removes a progress counter it gets discarded otherwise it always gets discarded well, okay. No, it never back leaves, in nothing. It never right. leaves. It, it never leaves the game, is what I should say. It never gets yeah, right. the game. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I like when obligations are like that. Um, these ones, and I, I kind of agree that, like, dependent on your game state, it's not going to be. It is truly a minor or not even barely a setback. But I do like that it never leaves it will come back and it can come back multiple times in a game potentially um, yeah which is fun now i've played ironheart quite a bit i don't know if i've ever had it remove no progress i mean you can get one progress just like bam right off the bat oh yeah so but okay so you flip like she is one of the most powerful heroes in the game though right 
Right. So she needs a more powerful obligation. Yeah. Something like remove all progress counters. And if you removed less than two two or less, deal yourself an encounter card, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But if they went that way, it would probably have to be one of the remove it from the game instead of this kind of drip moment. Yeah. Where it could just keep coming back. But maybe that'll be okay because it would slow you down, right? Yeah, the other option is it's one of those obligations that sits out in play, and while mm. it's in play, you can't add progress counters, right? And you have to flip, and you have to get rid of them, or something along those lines. But she kind of wants to flip, because that's how you get progress counters yeah. and other stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, it's tricky. She is so different, yeah, I guess. Yeah. We had Boggs on, and we talked about Ironheart and his development of Ironheart. And you remember how he was talking about um, when he created Ironheart, the, there wasn't enough room on the cards for all the text, and he had to like work through Christmas, and he had to do all this stuff real quick towards the end to get it going. And, and I wonder if maybe the obligation would have been more punishing had he not had to make all those last-minute changes when like all of a sudden there wasn't room on the card. Uh, we don't have our obligations to do bad things to kids. <laughs> that is the point you have pointed out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be the champion's thing, doesn't it? Yeah. We don't hurt kids. I mean, we're villains, but we're not monsters. We're not monsters. <laughs> no consequence life. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not hugely impressed by this obligation. Yeah. Mike's right. It's in the name. Yep. I mean, I agree. I agree. It's minor. I, actually, you can remove the word setback. A minor. Yeah. Just call it a minor. Just <laughs> yeah. lord. Let's at least give it three boost icons. Do we have any obligations with three? I feel like they're almost always two. They're always two. No, nope. yeah. we have a three. I think oh, Scarlet Witch. I'm too trivia. Oh yeah, Scarlet Witch oh. and the Hulk, maybe. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, definitely the Hulk. But yes, I, I do think Scarlet Witches are both of them, <laughs> which is kind of like a a plus though for her in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's like two for her. Right. It is. Four, four, it's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Hulk really needed another thing to make him less playable. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I hope they give us another Hulk. Red Hulk. Grey Hulk. Yeah. All right. So let's let's move on to the uh, the Lady of the Hour. That's that's you, Chris. All right. Uh, Lucia Von Bardis, a unique minion. Uh, she has two scheme, one attack, four HP, uh, <sighs> with the traits. Criminal, Cyborg, and Elite. Uh, while Lucia Von Bardis has a tough status card, she gets plus one scheme and plus one attack. Force response. After the villain phase ends, give Lucia Von Bardis a tough status card. And she has three boost icons. Ooh. Ooh. I think okay. she's actually not a bad minion. She will always, unless you do some like crazy thing when she comes out, after right. it's Shadows of the Past, she'll get a tough status card immediately. And she might not hit you with it, but like that means you have to deal with a tough before you can deal with her HP. Yeah. I kind of like it. Also, this art, by the way, is from this is uh, I think her only the only comic art in this set. But this is from one of the issues um with Ironheart. So I thought it was uh, from G.I. Joe and the Baroness. God, right? Doesn't it look like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, all of 
every single comic I read, like each of those arcs, she has a completely different look. I love it. I like that she can become tough even when you flipped. Mm. Yeah. What are the shenanigans we can do to kill her before the villain phase ends and she gets her tough card? Um, a double first hit. Okay. If she's in play and you get like a gang up and she attacks you and you pull that crazy protection stuff where you're like flowing like water with retaliate and electrostatic armor. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about um, Black Widow? She's got some traps and stuff. Some right? preparation cards that can take her Old out school there. Hawkeye can just ping her for two right off the bat too, right? The, the ally. You, do those guy, cards work against Elite? I can't remember. Ooh, Hawkeye yes. does. Yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye doesn't does care. Yeah, I don't think he cares what the... And I don't think the Black Widow any minion. Yeah. 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 So, but, and he would hit her before she gets her tough status card. Right. And isn't yeah. there an aggression card that, like, when you engage an ally, ambush him and do damage? I think it only deals one. It's like I got a picture of a guy Maybe. perched in a tree or something. Oh, Lion Wait. It's three damage. Okay. I do believe. So if you had a combination of Black Widow, Lion Wait, Hawkeye Ally... So it's, kind of it's possible she could stick around. Oh, I think it's more than possible that she sticks through at least that initial one when, you know, Shadow of the Past is um, right. shows up. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good thing. Now, Chris, did you mention she was cyborg traded? I did mention it is one of her three traits. Three traits. Well, this Wild. makes me think we need another impromptu quiz, guys. Oh, there's only two. It's her and Modoc. Wow. Wow. Did wow. I beat Steve? Before Did the I beat Steve? Even asked. Jeez, I didn't even ask the question. Uh, Mike, I was just going to ask, how many uh, minions are elite traded? Nice, <laughs> 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 Daniel. <laughs> so Mike said two, guys. So <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more than that now. <laughs> yeah. There's oh. his revenge on you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> But Mike is, there's only two cyborgs in all of Marvel. Yeah, that seems low. I mean, obviously it it's true, but I feel like how are there how are there not more cyborgs? Are there famous cyborgs we haven't seen yet? That's De- a really good Deathlock, question. Deathlock, maybe is he a cyborg? Who? Yeah, but he'd probably be more of like an ally than a minion. Well, doesn't he start off as like a bad guy in Agents of Shield? That's all the only thing I know him from. Like season oh, I think so. Here There's like so many Deathlock. Deathlock. Oh, Deathlock, yeah. I don't know. He's definitely a cyborg. I don't know who else is a cyborg. Yeah. How about the character Cyborg? <laughs> From the Teen Titans? <laughs> is that is that champions that, in Marvel? Is that uh, no. No. Okay. That's that's the distinguished competition. Oh, crossover. Uh. <laughs> well, Steve, all these all these Minions are trying to do something. What is Lucia von Bardas side scheming about? Oh, she is attempting to rule by force. Oh. Which is her side scheme. Lucia von Bardas has taken control of Latveria and will stop at nothing to prove the country's might once and for all. While Lucia von Bardas is in play, this card gains a hazard icon. While Lucia von Bardas is not in play, this card gains an acceleration icon. Has a base four threat and two boost icons. I like that. It's a nice side scheme. It's neat because you have this choice of like 
if she's in play, do I take her out? What's what's worse? Can I clear this? I mean, it, it might just be easier to pull the fourth threat than worry about her. It gets you thinking. It does. Yeah, and it's fun that there's different abil- uh, different effects and just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a, it's a fun space that I don't think they utilize that much. Yeah, I agree. Usually it's, this card surges if this person isn't in play. Yeah. This is a nice touch. And I guess I'm thinking like maybe thematically, because I'm kind of like, why an acceleration to- token if she's not in play? But maybe as I as I talked about and realized, she's often in the background sort of scheming. So maybe yeah. that's where the, yeah. the thought came from. You know, she's not out right in front of you being a hazard, but um, in the background, making your life more difficult. Yay, yeah. theming. It's a fun card. <laughs> Yay, theming. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think it is a little worse in solo, though, than four players when it's just four oh. threats. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It probably should have been like four per player to scale. Yeah, the little scaling would have been okay. Do that? Do Nemesis sets scale, or are they always assumed to be solo? I mean, it would make sort of game sense that it was always a solo deal, right? I mean, we've talked about how some Nemesis like Nemesis sets affect everyone at the table, but I wonder if like scaling like the side schemes and things. Is really ever per player. It, it definitely is. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm mean, like, even in the core box, yeah. Um, vultures scales. Yeah. The Magoo's one scales. They, they scale. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> yes. it wouldn't make sense if it didn't, in a way. What would be a cool rule is if only the hero whose nemesis it is could thwart it. Could thwart it? <laughs> yeah. How fun would that be? Oh, my God. Yeah, doesn't Drax have something along those lines? Or no, not Drax. Uh, uh, Gamora. Gamora, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, she's the only one so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not very nemesis y if all your buddies can come and just beat up the nemesis. Well, it's your cheaty hero stuff. Yeah. Cheaty heroes. Yep. Cheaty heroes. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I have an attachment to tell you about. Cool. This is an attachment, a tech attachment called Cyborg Tech. It's going to give plus one attack. So you attach it to the minion with the most traits. And you might recall, Chris said that Machia has three traits. That's a lot. She can do. If you cannot, this card gains Surge. Attached minion gets plus three hit points and gains Retaliate. And it has a special boost icon. Deal this card to yourself as a face-down encounter card. That's a good card. Yeah, that's really nice. There does have to be a minion out, though. But, ooh. But depending on what scenario you're playing. I know, multiplayer, yeah. Like, it, Throw I, this and uh, the the mutagenesis or... Badoon. Anything. Badoon, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's at least hitting something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that, yeah. it surges. So it's never a whiff. I That boost is fun, too. that Because you know it's there, but you can't really do anything about it. But it's coming. <laughs> I love it. So true. And if you know, I can imagine the terrible scenario where, like, you already have your boost, uh, an encounter card from something else. Maybe you're playing Star Lord, uh, and then that's a minion. Yeah, <laughs> like some beefy minion, and then you get this would be wild. But you also know you have a round to take out all minions. 
Yes. Oh no, I mean like in the same like. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I know what you're saying, but like. Yeah. So it's a cool effect, but it doesn't leave you helpless. I think this would go great on Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Plus three hit points and retaliate. Yeah. Yeah. You would get it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, you would get it at the same time. You're right, because like yeah, yeah, as a boost card, you're gonna get dealt to you, and then you're gonna draw your encounter cards. So you're gonna have two encounter cards, kind of situation. But Mike's thing about Mr. Hyde, did you know that Mr. Hyde also has three traits, just like Lukia does? So he oh. could have it attach him. He's brute, elite, and a master of evil. Nice. Oh, How many nice. other minions have three traits? Oh, impromptu trivia. Oh. Mm, I don't think it's a lot. I think it's under 10. I'm going to go seven again. I think there's just three, Steve. No, there's two. No, there's um, definitely more than two. Is there? There's yeah, definitely there's... more than two. Unfortunately, it's very hard to sort the list. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other one is Killmonger, Assassin Elite Mercenary. Oh. Yep. And I believe so, that is it. So I was right when I said three? Oh. You're right. Daniel, you win. No, I take it back. Yay. There's four. There's four. We're missing oh. one. We're missing one. Um, can you guess? He's really big and strong, and his module <laughs> set's better than his villain version. No. No. Huh? No. Ronan the Accuser, the Kree fanatic uh, module. Set. Oh, he's got three. Yeah, he has Accuser Core, Elite, and Kree. Uh -huh. so. mm. But that's not like a published one. You have to go print that one out yourself. I'm pretty sure I win then. Uh, but there's a fifth one. Fifth one. Oh, I'm still scrolling through the list. So, the sleeper. <laughs> the sleeper has three Elite Hydra robot. Okay, that's it. Five. Well, I think Chris should tell us. About the one treachery in this deck. Oh, I'm happy to. And there are two Damn copies it. of it. I was going to pull one over on Steve, Daniel. <laughs> Never mind. <It's> <laughs> we can start. We can start. Foil, foil, Mike. Foil. No, no. Foil. Keep going. I play foiled on Mike. Play, play on. <laughs> are you all looking for some political retribution? Perhaps. Totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, overflow, of overthrowing leaders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do yes. control the editing. <laughs> uh, this is her treachery. Uh, two copies of this. Uh, when revealed, if Lucia Vombardis is in play, she schemes. If rule by force, her side scheme, is in play, place three threat on it. If neither is in play, this card gains surge. And oh. it has one boost icon and very classic art of a Angry person hitting a map. <laughs> that is such a fun card. That is such classic art. <laughs> it is. <laughs> right out of the really, 90s. Are you really a villain? I guess I guess it's in theme with what Chris was talking about, the art, because neither one of those arms is a cyborg arm, like in the other art. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. But then in her minion art, her right hand is not a cyborg arm, but in cyborg tech, it's a cyborg arm. Yeah. Oh, I'm guessing rule by force. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cyborg She's got more tech. of a claw yeah. in her minion art, too, that like doesn't show up anywhere else. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> She's, you know what? She's a badass. Yeah. She's got all yeah. sorts of ways she can dress. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Back to the card, though. It's so fun that it's like. If she's out, we do a thing. If her side scheme's out, we're going to do a thing. I, I wish more cards were like that. They're both out. You do both things, right? So yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, 
yeah this i think is just fun it's good um it's ex- like i just like that there's so many options in all of her cards of what's going on so chris is our resident storyteller on lucia does this set make sense it like feels right i actually i do think so i think you know right. it's i like the political retribution um obviously her sideboard tech i think that's like very on its face um but like i talked about with her side scheme like i like the the hazard if she's in front of you but if she's sort of in the background somewhere the acceleration token i even like that she's a two schemer um and only one attack uh she probably could have been two attack i think but i like that it just shows off that she's more of a a schemer than maybe a a physical threat and but the tough kind of is like almost like her cyborgness being tough to like actually get to her. Um, but no, I, I think actually this whole set I think is very cohesive in a way that I don't think many other nemesis sets or even modular sets feel in how they work together. So perhaps this should be a modular set. I think I, I mean, it almost feels like it could be one. None of nothing about this tells me that it's countering anything Ironheart does. That's a great point. Like this has nothing to do with Ironheart. Play it alongside uh, another modular that he's off the criminal trait because mm. she has criminal, and you could really like have this criminal enterprise going where she's like the head of it kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, for sure, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there That's there are sets that pull out the tech attachments too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I yeah. I I think it's a good. It's a solid nemesis set for anyone. Not just Riri. <laughs> <laughs> a second nemesis set. Just throw it in. Critical Encounters, new rule, Steve. Put it on the card. Always throw Lucia von Badass into every game. Well, wait, wait. wait. You got you to gotta think Well, no, when Shadows of the Past comes up, both the things second, happen. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking the first time you go get your original nemesis, the second time you go get her. Yeah. Okay, I like that. That's Ooh. fine, too. That's good, yeah. That's fun. I haven't heard that rule before. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Volume four starting off with some new house rules. <laughs> um, well, we everybody seems to like it, so let's give it a grade. Um, Chris, do you want to grade it first or last? I'll go last. All right, Daniel, you're up. I am totally giving Lucia Von Badass an A. Mike? Uh, pass. What? Yeah, again, I'll give her a B minus. You've never passed me. <laughs> He he recently passed on a set. He said, I don't know what to give it. So he's trying to cheap out like I do. That's my thing. You're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Steve's a lame ass for my that. It's a new yeah. year. I can change. No, you can't. That was not one of your villain resolutions to change. But Mike, why B minus? Um, like you said, you, you seem kind of high on the set. And now you're giving it a... It's, it's all... The set is universally decent nothing out there is jumping out and wowing me yeah it's a look it's cohesive but i i look for a little bit more punch okay uh i do it all banks on there being a minion out and i wish there was something other than surge if there wasn't okay maybe something that played off the threat more does um riri have a low thwart if she she can do anything I understand yeah. that. She, like, she taps you know, a card or... and she takes three threat off something. And I then think her thwart is actually one higher than her attack. Oh, okay. So, 
know, I'm going to trade. I'm going to change my grade to an F. <laughs> but it's also kind of like Chris says, like this Nemesis set could be for anybody. Like, I wonder if Riri could have had a better one. I I don't know. But like Lucia, this set has potential. You just got to throw it in, like we said, with other sets. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. It doesn't seem to counter the hero it's included with. Yeah, not specifically. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's a bummer because those are always the best sets. Well, Chris, after all that, do you have a rating? Oh, I, you know, I think I'm like pretty high on it. One, it feels thematic to me. Two, I like the cohesion. And I think I like the design spaces that they're playing with. That I think, I don't know if we've even seen this kind of space played with again in this kind of way where there's a lot of either ors or ands in some cases. I'm going to go with probably an A minus um, because I am pretty high on it as a modular set, <laughs> but probably the minus because it has nothing to do with Riri, nothing to counter the like juggernaut that is Ironheart. Yeah. And I think it, it would her um, scheme if it was per person, I would be like, that's like my one note to make that per person. Right. Make nice. that hit more. Nice. Yeah. Because it might be easy to get rid Yeah. Steve, having played in games with you playing Riri, I see no way that Lucia slows you down. We have had her out. Yeah, but I games. don't remember. Um, Certainly wasn't memorable. No, it was like, oh, we got to get rid of the tough and take her out. Uh, actually, <laughs> I think the one turn, I think the one game we left her and play a couple turns because we weren't going to be able to kill her and remove the tough and deal with the other minions that were in place. Or like, whatever, just leave her. That's she won't true. have a tough, and it'll be a one one damage. I'll just take the damage, because I have 14 hit points, because I have all my upgrades out. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a fun set. It's maybe not a great nemesis, but it's a fun set. It's, a, it's I mean, thematic, though, too. So Yeah, works as a set in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, maybe she should have been in the back of the pack. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was fun. Chris, thanks for coming on. And uh, Anytime. We, uh, we'll have to have you back more than once in volume four. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, you were on for like two hours during one of our villainous episodes. So. <laughs> oh, God, that thing never ended. <laughs> that was great, though. I mean, pe- yeah. I had just seen people saying, I just got this game. What should I be reading so that I know these characters? And I was directing people to that issue. Like, Ooh. Boom. Yeah, people were asking for the transcript. Yeah. Oh wow. I feel fancy. Yeah, the now. names of the issues and stuff to start with. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are getting ready to reveal the winners of our contest. Board game lawyer was on some time ago. He gave away to our listeners a rogue and a gambit pack. And then on our one hundredth, we decided what our contest would be. Daniel and I both came up with different contests. And we're going to reveal the winners now. Um, let's start with Daniel. Daniel, tell us about your contest sure. and who the winner is. Oh, these these responses, they they did this English teacher proud. Um, now, Steve, Mike, it's going to take me a while to read this because it's beautiful. right? This is an actual like literary essay, perfectly done. Okay, so mine was my question to to win the rogue box. You had to tell me who you thought was the best rogue from literature and why. Okay, 
that was it. Got it a number like of great, got a lot of number, you know, a great number of responses. <laughs> that are wonderful. And it, it definitely is homework. You know, we got, we got Robin Hood. We got um, some characters from books that I haven't read that I haven't heard of, like uh, a guy named Kinch. Uh, that was pretty cool. Another guy named Kofta, Kvotha. I don't know, from the King Killer Chronicles. Guy from Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn. Good things. But here's the winner. You guys ready to buckle up? I hope it's Bilbo Baggins. Okay. Lay it on me. How do we define a rogue? I'd say our common sense of the rogue in modern convention is a bit of an anti-hero, a character who is known for using lies and deceit, but who finds him or herself using their sly wit and devilish charms to do good at least some of the time. I think we often mark a true rogue as someone who is a skilled liar, prone to saving their own skin, crafty, sly-handed, willing to use any advantage, whether good looks, flattery, or deceit, to get what they need. Good-looking, egotistical, smart, and more often than not, a pretty good fighter. One might be drawn up front to characters like Loki or Anansi, the literal gods of trickery. And I think these are both great rogue figures, but they're also mythological gods. And so their character and stories often tend, in the end, towards some specific purpose that is by its nature, not a human one. Loki must inevitably be the bad guy forced to suffer, much like Prometheus, another bo- another notable roguish titan. Anansi, on the other hand, plays a sort of good guy archetype and is too constrained by his fables to feel human enough to be the greatest rogue in all of literature. No, when I think back, and I'm going way back, I think the greatest rogue is in one of our earliest pieces of literature, Odysseus. You think Han Solo is a good smuggler? Odysseus smuggled hundreds of troops in a giant wooden horse. His best-known epithet is Wily Odysseus, or the man of many turns. He basically invented the archetype of the wily rogue that everyone loves to hate but can't live without. This cunning son-of-a-gun-once-tricked Polyphemus, an enormous cyclops who smashed the heads of Odysseus's companions and ate them, into being ridiculed by his Cyclops friends. How many literary figures do you know who watched their friends' brains get smashed on a cave and subsequently eaten, and then had the foresight to call himself Wedis, meaning no one instead of Odysseus? No one, that's right. This guy's bananas with the puns. But like a true rogue, Odysseus isn't just crafty, he's got himself an ego. He couldn't pull off a trick like that without taking the credit, even if it did mean that one of his boats got crushed by a giant boulder. It's not like he was on the boat, after all. And this is just the beginning. Odysseus is so crafty, he travels to the underworld and back to get what he needs. What about Roguish Charm? Does he have it? Oh, yeah, he does. He's the dashing love interest of two goddesses. One of whom can turn people to pigs. The other finds him so dashing, she keeps him captive for seven years for very indecent purposes. But being the rogue he is, even a goddess can't keep him forever, and he tires of them eventually, despite their immortal good looks. What about fighting? Any good rogue has to hold his own, and Odysseus does more than that. He's smart enough to try to weasel his way out of war. He feigned lunacy to avoid the war that his stratagems eventually win. But when it comes to the fight itself, Odysseus is no slouch. He's faster than the swiftest soldier, Ajax the Lesser, the smartest general, and out-wrestles the brawniest Greek of them all, Ajax the Greater. Odysseus leads a spy mission to assassinate a crucial enemy in the war against Ilium. But the smooth-talking rogue is just as fitted to out-talk his opponents as he is to out-wrestle or outrace them. The guy's even a rogue in his own country. When he finally comes home, he doesn't march in the door and lay claim to what is his. He pretends to be a homeless beggar in his own house. Who does that? And when he doesn't like what he sees, he slaughters the sons of the richest people in his country for make, macking on his wife and disrespecting him. Don't tell me this guy isn't a backstabbing, smooth-talking, never count him out, can't keep him down, good-looking, quick thing, save his own skin, rogue. He's the goat who owns a lot of goats. 
He's at home in the house of a swineherd and in the palace of a king. He's the kind of guy who can make his way anywhere, anytime, whose name is known by all and cursed by many, with as many enemies as unlikely friends, but who miraculously stays alive through all his many misadventures, which in classical literature is truly a rare feat. QED, Odysseus is the greatest rogue of all time. Oh, God, is that good. Wow. That reminds me of some of like... Some really good stuff that I've I've been hearing lately on this other podcast about literature. So this is good. This was good, yeah. But Steve, I don't know who did it. Well, I could tell you who did it. Oh, please, because I need to reach out to this person. I might need a guest writer. This was submitted in by Scott L. Scott L. Scott L? Scott L. If it's the Scott L that I'm thinking of, then I am so excited that this is from him. Awesome. Scott L, if you're the Scott L, I think you are, and you know who you are. If you think you are who I know you, you think you are. Thank you very much for this. This is beautiful. Absolutely great. Yeah, it was really well written. Dang. I mean, really, just reads like a scholarly work. I love it. So that's mine. So congratulations, Scott L. Rogue is coming your way. He had me at bananas. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> that he put bananas in there. Yeah. Well, we had more than just one contest. We had the two. Now, you got this wonderful dissertation and mine was uh what clickbait am yeah. i gonna fall for basically yours was disappointingly non-cerebral <laughs> How, however i had three times as many entries as your homework assignment and what does that say about america yeah well, i don't want to read all that i just want to click on something and see <laughs> I want to see Too Hot to Handle. Check out Phoenix sucking up some sun on the beach. Or uh, You Won't Believe What Happened When This Mutant Kissed Her Boyfriend. Or Never Lose Your Luggage Again Using Doctor Strange's Three Quick Travel Tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we got. We got a ton of these. Um, I just randomly picked some there. Top 10 Ways Doctor Doom Mocks Gambit's Accent. You Won't Believe Number 6. Um, <laughs> There's a ton of good ones. Uh, eventually, I will just post all of them so folks can read this. And and the rogue answers, too. I will say I would click on almost any of these. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So what we were going to do is we were going to each pick our favorite or whichever one we felt like we were going to fall for the, the most. And then um, we we're going to randomize the pick. And the board game lawyer also weighed in and chose his favorite. So okay. I'll tell you what his is, and then uh, Daniel, we'll hear from you, okay? Sure, go ahead. So he really liked this one. Um, what's it like to know everyone's secrets? Professor X bears it all about your beloved X-Men. You'll never guess what he has to say about Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you pick, Mike? Uh, I, I had a few, and I think the one that ended up on top was Spider-Man's secret to creating organic web fluid revealed. Click here to find out. Doctors hate him. <laughs> and I like it because the doctors hate him makes as much sense as any of these that say doctors hate it. Right. Right. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Uh, so I did like the, um, the Phoenix one about soaking up the sun. But when I read through them, for whatever reason, this one made me laugh, like just initially. So I have to go with my first instinct. And it was Captain America's hidden talent. You won't believe what he can do with his shield. So. And I have chosen a different one from what I said before, Steve and Mike, because I found another another Scarlet Witch one I like. Ready? Okay. Going Scarlet. 
the Red Witch was red in the face when we found out she used her powers to get uh, to avoid these everyday tasks. Can you guess which she hates the most? Love it. That was that was my runner up. <laughs> God, I love yeah. that. That is so yeah. funny. Now, uh, my I do like this one. I think this one was great. Retired villain spotted in public at the art brief is Mustafa doing something suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Mustafa talking to you, you know, somebody's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to write a podcast review? <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all pretty funny. Um, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I think we need a randomizer. We need a randomizer. All right. Uh, so, Steve, you'll put them, those four, in some random order, and I will give you a number. All right, Mike, let's hit that decalculator and find out what our number is. All right. <laughs> And oh, dang it, it's out of ink, Steve. Is it like it's yeah. just magenta low, or is it a different uh, color? I, I don't know. I can't read it against this background here. No, I think we need more black. Let's do this again. And oh, there we go. Number three. Number three. I win. Is... No. Oh. You, you don't win. Uh, <laughs> it's actually the one board game lawyer picked. What's it like to know everyone's secrets? Professor X bears it all about your beloved X-Men. You'll never guess what he says about Nightcrawler. Nice. Well, I guess that's fitting. That's fitting. Okay, so yeah. who wrote that one? Scott L. It was written by Scott L. <gasps> Are you oh kidding my... me? I'm not kidding. Oh no. my god, Scott L. And by the way, I see the address on it. It is the Scott L. that I truly love and appreciate for his support. Oh. Oh, um, can Scott, we, can we do you that? earned it. I guess we could do it. I mean, we it was totally, totally random. Okay, you know, okay. Scott L., you guys just need to believe me. Scott L. deserves this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> good job. Good job, yeah. Good things happen to good people, guys. Well, all right, folks, congratulations to Scott L. Uh, thank you, Board Game Lawyer, for the contest. And, folks, I guess the next contest we have, somebody is going to have to kidnap Scott and prevent him from entering our contest if they want a chance at winning. So He might never lose again. He might not. I mean, he, I, I win all the time when Cardboard of the Rings has contests, and they hate that. So I am still waiting uh, for a Cardboard of the Rings uh, T-shirt that I won six years ago. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's in the mail. First age T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, forget it. It's never coming. Um, Brian told me it's on its way. Six years oh. ago. <laughs> so is my threat tracker. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, well, thanks everyone for entering. Uh, this was a joy to read, like all of these contests are. And thank you, Board Game Lawyer, for your generosity and kindness to this community. Check our social medias, and I'll post uh, all of the contest entries so you can yeah, enjoy reading do. them like we did right on well mike if they are out there and they need to get a hold of us to ask us questions about stuff. oh yeah hey folks how do you guys pronounce lucia von black bunny brigade email yes. us at critical encounters pod at gmail.com we are critical encounters on facebook you can find our youtube channel by searching for critical encounters podcast you can also find us on patreon by searching for critical encounters podcast and on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, Wandering Tuke, and Scarlet Roadie. 
you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Lucia von Bardis, take us out. Congratulations on your perseverance and American spirit. Most of you are supposed to be dead by now. Sorry, guys. Are you cheating? No, no, no. Oriana walked in. <laughs> oh, okay. Chris, what do you think it is? She's feeding me I... scotch. Well, that's nice. <laughs> That sounds horrible for you. Calendar. That's a tasting calendar. (laughs) Hi, Oriana. Hi. You know this is going to end up in the outro, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Before we segue into the card talk, I do need to go deal with a kid. Okay. Give me, give me two minutes. Okay. Is she sixteen? Did she listen? Tell her to Latveria. 13, yeah. The preteen is just as bad. Mine's oh, 12. She's, she's about to run Latveria. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah. Will she bring back the schools, though? <laughs> yep. Yep. Sadly, yep. the uh, the most believable part about that was that S.H.I.E.L.D. took her out. <laughs> like, nope, you're done. Come back to <laughs> schools. Yeah. Can't have that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's so weird. Bendis. This is what I'm talking yeah. about earlier. What? Yeah. What? Why is your super genius kid now queen of a country? What is happening here? Well, I mean, that does. I, not having read it, it's kind of like, hey, I won, right? I get to be in charge now. I mean, that's the kind of. Oh, thing. that's that's totally the vibe. Yeah. You, yes. Yeah. I mean, I would expect like, that from the kid. So. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. It's totally her vibe, and she's like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Good attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention also in the those issues, um, Daisy Johnson does show up again um, to like Riri's mom's house and is like with a very official like as the only living relative of the now like monarch of Latveria is this <laughs> house now part of like the Latvian embassy? Like being like, <laughs> where do you fit in? And her mom's like, what? going on <laughs> but it's a, a fun daisy johnson cameo so um yeah considering she was also in lucia's first appearance and i just really like her nice you had to say black body brigade didn't you no <laughs> you've been a while i was <laughs> trying to help you so you wouldn't have to keep editing in that Captain America. Oh, yeah. Great. I gotta go find a different edit. <laughs> sure. I feel like that gets brought up every single time.